Dear Heavenly Father, you are holy, and we thank you that you are the God of the universe. And I pray now, Lord, that as we hear truth from your scripture today, that we will each choose to live a life of service because it is our love for you that we are choosing that. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Tracy Beckwith, and normally on Wednesday mornings I am... um, where am I? Downstairs with the children. And I often get asked, what is it that you do in the children's program? What do you do with the kids? And so I thought as part of my time with you this morning, I would tell you a story in a way that we might tell it to the children on any given Wednesday morning. But before we do that, I want to ask you a few questions. This is just a bottle of water. And I want, you, I want to think about the importance of this bottle in your day, this, this water in your day. How important is it to you, and how easily would you give it up? Now, what about this? The perfect, your favorite drink from Diet Coke. This personally is one I would have a very hard time giving up each day. It's got the perfect crushed ice. It's just exactly at the time you need it. How easily could you give this up? Okay, if neither one of those resonates with you, what about this? It's 6.30 in the morning. Could you give this up? Okay, just think about that. Stop, stop. Why, why is she doing that? Don't let her pour that out. That is expensive perfume. It could be sold and given to the money, could be given to the poor. But Mary didn't listen to what the disciples were saying. She didn't let the distractions get in her way. She had been listening to the Lord, and she knew that he had predicted his death. She believed what he was saying, and she knew that if he were to die, his body would need to be anointed and prepared for burial. And so Mary got her alabaster bottle with very expensive perfume in it. And she broke it open as Jesus was sitting at the table in Simon the leper's home with many friends and others who loved Jesus in attendance. And she poured it over him. And very lovingly, without worrying about what everybody around her was saying, took her hair and wiped his feet with that perfume. But the disciples continued, what is she doing? Why are you allowing that? Why don't you stop her? Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you rebuke her? She has done something beautiful for me. I, the poor will always be with you, but I will not always be with you. You can serve the poor at any time, but you will not always have me to serve. And because she has done this, she will be remembered forever when the gospel is told. Now, why do I tell that story today? I think there's a lot that we can learn from um, this story of Mary. Um, She was a member of the church. She followed Jesus Christ, and she loved him dearly. She listened to his word. She was intimate with him, and she believed what he was saying. She trusted him. She knew that because he had said he would die and that that his body would need to be prepared for burial, She did not question, she merely acted. Mary gave of herself, of her time and of her resources, 
The perfume was very valuable. Most commentaries will tell you that it was at least a year's worth of wages in that one little bottle. So to some, it would be priceless. But she held it loosely. She did not hesitate or question using all of it when the need arose. All Mary knew was Jesus needed it. She loved him. She, he needed to be served. And so she, in this way, she acted. Mary didn't worry about what others would think. She didn't worry about all the controversy and comments that were swirling around her. She did not count the cost to herself. She knew in her heart the right thing to do was to anoint Jesus and prepare him for burial. So in complete humility, using her hair and something she had treasured, she did it because the need was there and she knew she could fulfill it with the gifts she had been given. Mary acted. She was only thinking of what the Lord needed. Do we do this today? Do we act? Do we look around and serve one another simply because there is a need, whether it is big, whether it is small? Do we look around and or hear the promptings in our heart and act on them because we know that we can and we have the gifts to do a service for somebody? Or do we assume somebody else will take care of it? Or it's really not that important. They don't really need my help. Do we first worry about ourselves, our own agendas, our own needs, the time we have already planned out for ourselves? Or do we think of the needs of others? Do we believe and live with the mindset of Ephesians 2.10, which says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God created us with service in mind. The good works have already been planned. He planned them before he created us. He knew what he would call us to do. However, we must choose a lifestyle that allows us to be obedient so that we can accomplish those good works. God doesn't need us. He could do it on his own, but he chooses to use us as a member of his church. Several years ago, I had the privilege of working on the starting blocks curriculum that is used on Sunday mornings. And when the whole um, curriculum was complete, I read back over each lesson. And as I did that, there were three lessons that were my least favorite. And they were all in the unit on serving others. And I thought, maybe I should just take them out. The whole unit is my least favorite. Maybe I should just take it out of the curriculum and come up with something different, but I didn't. And the interesting thing about that, and the reason I tell you that is over the years as that curriculum has been used, I often am told stories or um, have emails forwarded to me about kids who have come to Christ from a lesson on a Sunday morning or are impacted um, by that. And I kid you not, every story that I've been told that a kid has been impacted for Christ, and I'm sure there are others, but the ones that I have been told have been from that serving others unit, the unit I thought about taking out of the curriculum. Why is that? I wondered all this time. Every time I get one of those emails or hear that story, I think, why this unit? Why is it? There's some really great units in that curriculum. Why this one? And this lesson, as I prepared for it, gave me the answer. And the reason is God created us for service. It resonates with us, even in our preschoolers. 
We learned early in our study that we were created to live in community. Therefore, when we accept Christ, we become part of His church and are under His leadership with the Holy Spirit to guide us. As part of the body of Christ, we are given gifts. Each of us are given a different gift, none of them more important or more valuable than the other. Romans 12, 4 through 6 says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many are one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace God give, has given us. See, there is not one of us that can take care of all the needs, all the sickness, all the suffering, all the injustice that swirls around us. But if each one of us uses the gifts that we have been given on a continual basis, if we choose that lifestyle out of the outflow of our love for our Lord and Savior, if we would choose that and with the right attitude, we would act on the promptings in our heart Together, we can solve a lot of problems and the needs around us. It takes action of the community of believers to accomplish this. And I believe this is God's plan. I don't think he has a plan B. We are to be his hands and feet as the body of Christ. And we are to administer his grace here on this earth, earth to those around us. When we act this way, serving others out of love, and without complaint, in humility, putting others ahead of ourselves, we honor the Lord. It is a praise to Him when we do this. What does this look like? How are we to do it? It is an attitude of our heart. It is a lifestyle choice. It is choosing others before choosing ourselves. It is allowing ourselves to decrease so that the Lord can increase, fill us up, and out of the outflow of our love for Him, we will just, service will be automatic. It'll be our love for the Lord that allows us to do that. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, We are to be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This verse tells us we're to imitate Christ, and in doing so, we will love others. Christ came to serve, not to be served. And if we're to imitate him, we're to serve, not to be served. Christ loved us so much that he gave his life for us. We, in turn, are to love others in the exact same way. We are to give ourselves for the, up ourselves for the sake of others. This means we must set aside what we want, the money we think is ours, the time we have in order to accomplish the Lord's purposes and good works. We do this through self-sacrificing service. Christ has shown us exactly how to do what he has called us to. And I have created this, um, and when you leave today, you'll get one. There's, um, there it is on the slide, but you'll get one of these to take home. These are not my words. These are words straight from the scriptures. And it is all things that Christ either did or told us to do. And if we are to imitate him, this is what we're to do. We're to love others. We're to give to the needy. We're to be ambassadors. We're not to judge. We're to comfort. We're to show hospitality. We're to be compassionate. We're to serve others. 
We're to work with our hands. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but it is a um, tool just to help you remember this is the lifestyle we're to choose if we are a member of God's church and we are going to, going to imitate Him. This is the example that He gave for us. So when you leave, you'll be able to pick one of those up um, at the door. Now I know this list looks overwhelming. There's a lot on there and it is impossible for us to accomplish on our own. But the great news is we don't have to. We have the Holy Spirit living in us that will help us do these things. We have the power of God to accomplish the things that he has asked us to accomplish. And all we must do is act in obedience and live a lifestyle so that we can accomplish the task that God has already planned for us to do. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. You see, God is our leader, and he has chosen to partner with us. He has chosen to allow us to minister to those here on earth for him. If we abide in the spirit that he has given us and allow our hearts to obey, he will give us the power to do his will. It does, this does, that list does not need to overwhelm us. If we are abiding in the Spirit, it will be an outflow of our love for God that allows us to accomplish each of the tasks that we are given. 1 Peter 4.10-11 through 11 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power, and forever and ever. You see, when we do it in God's strength and not our own strength, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work with us, it's not about us. It's about God. And then humility, not our own pride, and the things we know we, we think we can accomplish will shine through. It's God's love that will be shown. Practically speaking, we must be in God's Word. We must understand it. We must live it. Um, we must abide in the Spirit so that our flesh doesn't get in the way, and it will be the Lord that works through us. We must have margin in our lives. If we plan our lives so completely and structured and filled with so many activities that we want to do, we'll miss opportunities for service. We won't see the needs of those around us. So we have to create margin in our lives to be able to do this. And we must hold everything loosely. Just like Mary held that priceless bottle, alabaster bottle of perfume loosely, she was ready to give it away when the need was there. We have to hold the things in our lives, our time, our talent, and our treasure loosely because they're the Lord's, they're not ours. And if we do that and an opportunity arises, we will make the most of it because God will be working through us. It is what Mary did, it's what Jesus did, and it's what each one of us are called to do as well. Just last week, some of you may have read this in the Dallas Morning News, there was a story, and I think it is the perfect picture of the church in action. 
It was a story about two teams, um, one from near Austin, one from near Tyler, that were playing in the state championship volleyball tournament. It was um, one of the beginning rounds, and one of the teams, they really, they really had the chance to go to state and really thought they would move right on through this tournament and win state, and that's what they were focused on. They were playing this match, the gym was filled, and um, the star player for this team that was expected to win dove for a ball in the third game. She didn't get up. As she lay there bleeding, they thought, oh, you know, she'll be okay. She went into convulsions, and they realized something much more serious had happened here. So both teams left the court, went to the locker rooms, and the, the team of the injured player began praying. And when they finished praying, the coach was at a loss. She didn't know what to do, didn't know what to say, didn't know what the next step would be. And one of the girls on the team stood up, and see, I'm, I'll really try not to cry when I tell this, but it is so moving. Um, she stood up and she said, our teammate, our friend needs us. I'm going to the hospital to be with her. And she got up and she walked to the door of the locker room. And as she did, every other girl on that team followed. They all gave up their dream. They dreamed of a state championship and they knew they were on their way. But it didn't matter because somebody around them, somebody they loved, needed them. And so the coach told the athletic director as she walked out of that locker room, she said, we're forfeiting the game. We're going to the hospital because that's where we're needed. And as they walked out to go get on the bus to go to the hospital, they looked in the gym and what they saw surprised them. They saw everybody, fans from both sides, huddled together in the middle of the gym praying. And the athletic director went to find the coach of the other team. And she said, um, we are forfeiting the game. Congratulations, you win. And the coach said, oh no, we don't win. You are gonna serve your teammate. So we are gonna serve you. Let's reschedule the game and finish it in two days. They laid aside their dreams as well. Nobody would have blamed them for taking that win. It was rightfully theirs, but they chose not to. They chose to serve this team, just like the team so chose to serve the injured athlete and her family. And so, two days later, the um, teams met near Austin to finish the game. And the girl that had been injured was, was fine. She had a serious concussion, had to um, have her head stapled to um, close the cut. And she was not able to travel with the team. But she sent a letter, and the letter was handed out to all the people in attendance. And she said, two nights ago, my life changed forever. And it didn't change because I was playing in the state tournament for a championship. It changed because I saw Christ's love in action. I saw people come around and serve my family and love my family. And she went through and detailed all the different things she learned. Her team did lose that day. The team. Uh, the other team won the match and went on to play in the next level of the tournament. But the coach said, our number one goal this season was to glorify God. I think we met our goal. This was on the front page of the sports page of the Dallas Morning News. God was glorified because the body of Christ 
served, and these were two Christian schools, so I'm assuming most of the people involved were believers. They were part of the body of Christ. They served one another. They put aside their own ambitions, their own dreams. It, there was a financial commitment in playing that game. It was gonna cost more money to rent another gym, to get a bus, to take the teams there, but none of that mattered. What mattered was serving the people that needed to be served on that day. And I just thought it was a beautiful picture of what um, can happen when the body of Christ acts the way the body of Christ is supposed to act. So now, back to our drinks. Um, are these things you would be willing to give up in your day? How hard would it be at 6.30 in the morning to just say, no way, I, I'm, I'm just going to pour this coffee out. If I walked in here today and you hadn't had a cup of coffee and you were used to drinking it and I was going to pour it out, what would you say to me? You would say, no, let me have it. Well, that's what God says. He doesn't want us to waste the gifts he has given us. He doesn't want us to waste all the things that he has put in our life and the abilities he has given each of us. He, want, he would say, pour them out for me. Don't waste them. And so um, that's, what, that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to completely empty ourselves for him. Don't waste what he has given us. Use it to love and serve others. And so my prayer for each of us today is Philippians 2.17. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me.